Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell and the notorious BAW, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. If you've ever wanted to know what it's like to stand on the corner of excellent and awesome on your journey to Trumpet Town, then head on over to worldtrumpetfederation.com and check out what we have to offer. The WTF offers videos, articles, the list of rules, and of course Joey's almost famous blog. And hey, it's all free. Of course, the WTF is also home to The Open Bell Podcast. Your home away from home for trumpet goodness. That's www.worldtrumpetfederation.com to make your trumpeting life better. And by S.E. Shires Company. With over 25 years in the business building world-class brass instruments, S.E. Shires Company is an established and industry-leading manufacturer of professional brass instruments. And now the company's Q-Series line of instruments makes that same S.E. Shires craftsmanship and ingenuity accessible to even more players. Whether you're just starting out your journey as a music major looking for your first professional horn, or a seasoned pro looking to add a great horn to your collection, you need to check out this award-winning Q-Series and join the S.E. Shires family. This is a great horn that is born of the S.E. Shires quality, but in an amazing price point. I've been an S.E. Shires artist for years now, and I love my complete set of horns. And personally speaking, I have students, uh, both private and at the university, that have chosen the Q-Series for its playing characteristics as well as its price. This is a great option for any serious player www.seshires.com for more information or visit your local SE Shires dealer for a test drive. The open bell is comprised of three segments, warming up, couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to give gift and garnish information that we believe is important to a gregarious, no offense, Brian, trumpet gaggle. Gentlemen, shall we? Warming up, once again brought to you by Chop Saver. Dan Gosling has been a loyal supporter of the show from its inception, and our chops are better off for it. Of course, Joey has been on the Chop Saver team for much longer, while Brian and I continued doing it wrong. But we have seen the light, and that light has been packaged into a magic little tube of amazingness called Chop Saver. Get you some of that. And now, Cornet News from around the globe with Dr. Brian Appleby Weinberg. Brian, can you hear me? <laughs> You should have left way more delay, really. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Well, so I was just thinking about um, all of this opening up again and all the contesting that's coming up, and I'm really excited about... Contesting? Are we arguing again? What are we... Sorry. Are you contesting something? Yeah. Contesting. Trumpet contest? contest. Contest. That's not what that word means. (laughs) Okay. Contesting is a verb. He said it once. It's he said it a thousand it's times. It's really not contesting. <laughs> contesting is a word. It's the gerund form of contesting. contest. <laughs> oh my God! Somebody please shoot him. <laughs> anyway, um, Brian. Anyway, so I'm not sure I've talked about this before. There are not just band competitions in different parts of the world. There are also slow melody competitions. Oh, now we're talking slow yeah. melody. These are Bill's people. This why have Bi- I not known? But why have you been keeping this from me? Secret, yeah. I'm sorry. 
So um, there are a number of them all over the UK, um, but there's one going on. They just closed the uh, submissions. It's the Yorkshire um, uh, Open Slow Melody Competition. They have 78 videos submitted this year from all over the UK, but also places like Norway, Belgium, <laughs> the United States, Hong I, Kong. Why were well you telling me on the day it closed? <laughs> did you did you enter? I would uh, no, have. I did not. I did not enter. <laughs> why did you? I can hardly play. I don't know what's no, coming are there, out of the belt. Are there the constraints? Is there a certain melody required? Like how do these things work? No. So there's some suggested like these are examples of slow melodies, um, and then they have age groups, and then they have open, open um, divisions as well. So Bill um, be good in the seniors division. Bill be Unbelievable. Totally in the seniors division. <laughs> I don't yeah. even care what division I'm in. I cannot believe you've never told me about this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love this idea. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and um, actually, our friend Philip McCann is sponsoring one, also an online an online competition. Um, it's It was posted on Four, Four Bars Rest. That happened. Uh, they're just about to announce the, the winners of that in a bunch of different divisions to sort of um, inspire the next generation of, um, of lyricists, I guess. Wait a minute. Uh, am I too old for this? I'm entering this th next year, the Yorkshire one. No, you can enter the Yorkshire one, of course. And then if you're a finalist, <laughs> then you go and do the finals in Yorkshire. Of, uh, I, now I'm angry that you didn't tell me. <laughs> All right, they've got they've got three sections. There's the under 18, there's the university, I imagine they call that uni, and the open division. Right. There it is. Is there, there a top? What's the top page on the open division? It's open. It doesn't list it, so I think you're just in, just under the wire. <laughs> Wow, I love this idea. Yeah, it's fantastic. Wow. Variation and no, so you get to pick pick whatever you want. Yeah. I'm all over this. Yeah. This is fantastic. This. <laughs> How many pounds to register? <laughs> I, I, I think you're under the weight limit, too. <laughs> How many? Certainly <laughs> <laughs> now with all the biking he's doing. <laughs> I am now. How many quid must I mail in with my right. submission? Okay, wow. I can't believe fantastic. you've never brought this up before. Well, sorry. There's a lot I'm of cornet material to cover on this show. I'm going to start training right <laughs> wow. now. Wow. I'm going to start playing even slower than I do right now. <laughs> and <laughs> you're definitely not tonguing any of it. No. <laughs> no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> not even the first thing. It was made for me. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Joey. What do you have for us? Wow. That's hard to top. Now, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I, I, uh, I, got an, I got a new book in the mail this week. Uh, you guys remember when I, I brought in the uh, book of solos from Micah Wilkinson, right? Yeah. Yes. Now, Micah has already put out a follow-up. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. He has the book of arias. Nice. Oh, and so nice what he's done, and you might be thinking, oh, sure, so he just put some melodies in there from some operas. No, 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 no. It's so much better than that. First, he gives you, you know, the name, he gives you uh, all of the translations, he gives you idea of what's going on at the time, and then he's got it written in there with the words underneath. <gasps> wow. wow. And then there, there are links, you can, there's little scan codes, and you can, the scan codes get you online, and there are, YouTube, uh, like, to YouTube links of recordings. Brilliant. And yeah. most wow, of them, uh, I haven't played, this. I haven't played through all of them, I just got it, but a lot of them are in original keys, so... You can play right along with Jesse Norman, you know, and, 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 and so when you talk about phrasing and how to play melodically and play songs, great, great book. So called Book of Arias. So I think you can still go to the website, bookofsolos.com. But 
I got to tell you, it's it's great. I've just wow. gotten started, but it's really something. He's great been idea. super productive during COVID. Yeah, my, oh yeah, he's going, man. He's he's doing he's doing great work. Very cool. So, but yeah, it's it's a gr- I can't recommend it highly enough. And you can uh, only get it on that website. I d- I'm not sure. I just know that it is available there. Mm-hmm. Great. But wow. uh, yeah, it's it's really terrific. Get in there. You know, we're always talking about you want to play melody and if you want to play songs. Oftentimes, if what, what's the question? Uh, well, you can't breathe there. Why? Well, it's in the middle of a word. How would I know that? Well, in this case, you've you know. got the words right there. So if you breathe in the middle of a word, guess what? Doing it wrong. There it is. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so definitely check that out. Book of Arias. That's Michael Wilkinson. Check out bookofsolos.com. Totally worth it. Right? That's really cool. And really set well. It looks great. It's easy to read. It's really very well done at every level. When can we expect yeah. his check? Oh, nice. Yeah, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. He is not uh, asking anything. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, Bill, what do you got for us tonight? Well, I uh, wanted to go back to um, – well, I have, I have an important Zoom meeting tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., and I wanted to talk to you guys about that because rewind several weeks, and I talked about, you know, you have that lesson, the student comes in, and you end up talking about stuff instead of actually maybe getting to the lesson material. You referred and to that as a coffee lesson. I, I have, yes. Yeah. And so uh, my student, Jaden, and I ended up talking about a project that he ultimately might want to do. His father's from Puerto Rico, right? And he feels a strong tie to that. And so we were talking about something he could do as an honors project. And so he started to do some research on the music of Robert Milano, which led to Nitae Did he invent Pon- a cookie? He may have, yes. Okay, just yes. check. Yeah. When do we eat? And uh, <laughs> so that led <laughs> Hold to... Hold on, we've lost Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's done <laughs> It's difficult for him to keep up. <laughs> so fast. Brian, you should enter the slow podcast competitions <laughs> hosted oh in Yorkshire gosh. each year. It's unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, so uh, his research on Robert Milano led to a gentleman by the name of Nitai Pons Perez, who's the trumpet teacher and band director at the university in Puerto Rico, who also yeah. got his education in Kansas as a trumpet player. Um, and so we're connecting tomorrow morning so that the two of them can talk about Jaden's honors project and kind of tie this whole thing together. Wow. Which is really cool. So I'm super excited about the conversation and Very where, cool. it's, where it's going to lead. And I think Jaden and his family are going to Puerto Rico this summer, and he's going to try to connect with them and get a lesson. And Fantastic. Yeah. So this whole thing came out of this this day where we didn't play, and we ended up talking about some things, and now it's really it's kind of moving forward quickly. So yeah, that's great. There's, I think there's so many times people have the thought of, you know, it'd be cool. Eh. And then right. that just sort of ends right <laughs> there. So, like so this is, this is great. Like to actually have that idea, talk it through with your teacher, follow through, do some work. Yeah. The follow yeah. through. Absolutely. That's and, great. And how many times I, uh, for you guys, maybe it's the same, but I have, I've thought about, okay, so here's this, let's reach out to this person and see if we even get a response, right? And I have been affirmed in this so many times in our profession that if you ask someone for something, they will step up. So this guy's making time. He's super excited about it. Can't wait to meet my student. We're all going to be connected. I mean, just do it. Right. That is, you say, just wow. finish it. Did you just steal from Nike? That uh, no, we're going to have to yeah, pay some copyright fees. No, um, well, they're not paying but us. No, so. But that's that's true i think a lot of the time there are certainly people who will blow you off but that sure. should not stop you from asking right i i, I think you're right I, so many times you're thinking well could i possibly i don't want to bother or they don't know me or who am i to call and ask right call and ask 
the worst thing that happens is they say, eh, or they say nothing, which is where you were when you started. You right. lose nothing, and your potential gain is great. So I, I think what we're going to do, we're going to talk about Jaden's project, but ultimately maybe about bringing this, this guy to the States to do something at the university. And so, I mean, this whole thing is just really kind of, it could turn into something Fantastic. very, very cool. So I just wanted to provide an update. It was no, uh, it's very exciting. It's a cool story. And look how so. quickly you change from bring him out to the college to bring him out to the university. I'm learning. It's not been easy for me. Very, but you did that really well. I'm, that was, really, that was really good. I'm trying to keep up with you guys. No. You know what I mean? Well, right. We we've been teaching at universities. You just started this year. University professors. You've been teaching at a college. A college professor for twenty four years, and yes. now I'm a university professor. I taught at a college before I taught here. It's oh, closed now, but <laughs> you, you were actually why? a kindergarten professor before that. Well, but I, I was actually at a Catholic school. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I know where you. I know what you're. What you're going. That's through. why. <laughs> the whole thing. I just quit finding it now. At this point. <laughs> I'm just, you know what, whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as you know, uh, moving on here, our first game of Two Truths and a Lie was very popular with our massive fan base. And so sure. it was clear that we needed to do it again. So let's play Two Truths and a Lie. All right, Brian, you want to go first again? Yeah, I guess I'll go. I'll go first. Oh man, you gained a lot of momentum last week or the last time we did this. So, so people that didn't realize your baseball background was so significant, right? Yeah, um, it's huge. I think, I think I talk a little bit more about baseball, too. Okay, so um, just go through all three. Yeah, that's yeah. the rule. And let's, okay, let's have it. All right, here's number one. Number one. It's the shortest of the of the three. Oh, oh we forgot. You, is there epic yeah, stories? So I forgot all about in, this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so for this is just something about me in my past. Um, for three straight years, I competed in a seven-person team triathlon against a team that my father fielded. It's called the Silver Gallop Team Triathlon. <laughs> okay. Wow, a lot of details. Your team there. or your father's was the silver. The the name of the name of the triathlon. Oh, okay. It's called oh, okay. the Silver Gallop Triathlon, Team Triathlon. It was a swim, run, bike, run, canoe, run. Seven people. Do you, do you, do you know oh, what triathlon means, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what the try in triathlon means? So each it it doesn't mean you, you give, <laughs> give effort. It means three. <laughs> Maybe they spelled very, it with a Y. Very hard. Uh, this is not okay with me. Each year that we competed, my father's team was on the podium at the end. <laughs> and my team was never on the podium or even close to the podium. So we lost every single year. My father's mm. team was made up of all people over, over 50. Yeah. And so they got lots of handicap points for age. Oh. Sounds like a great team. That that's those they, people. That's still not up to Bill's age group yet. <laughs> okay, so that so wow, that's the first one. Okay. okay, you ready for number two? Yes. Okay, so you know that um, one of the things I really love to do is go hiking, and that I've climbed some mountains in my time. Sure. Um, Sarah and I have both hiked up Mount Washington, mm -hmm. um, in New Hampshire, highest peak on the East Coast, no notorious for the worst weather on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, so we hiked up Mount Washington, 
Um, we've also hiked up um, the third highest peak in New England, um, Camel's Hump in Vermont. Right, 360-degree uh, views. Mm -hmm. But what you don't know is that for three years I went out to Colorado and played in a comp in a not a band competition, but I played with the Fountain City Brass Band at this festival called the Longs Peak Scottish Irish Highland Festival. And because Longs Peak is right there, I didn't make it to the top, but I did make it to nearly the keyhole, which you can see if you if you see a picture of Longs Peak. Longs, mm -hmm. Longs Peak is a fourteen thousand footer, but I made it to to the keyhole on one of our days off from this from this festival. We performed it w in what was called the um, the tattoo, right? So it's a military style concert um, out in this this arena, um, and uh, we stayed at um, we stayed at uh, at the foot of Rocky Mountain National Park. So it's a beautiful mm. area, Estes Park out there uh, at about 8,000 feet. So, of course, breathing at that level to play an instrument was always a drag. Um, yeah. And especially for the first I've never days. had that problem, but we can talk about that later. So at, in Denver, it wasn't a problem. Up up another 8,000, another 4,000 feet was... No, no, I've got a Woody Herman story from up in the the casinos up at 14,000 feet. I'll oh, tell nice. you in a minute. Yeah, yeah. no, I, it was never fun. Marching in and then playing was always always a drag. So anyway, so almost made it to Long's Peak. Didn't quite make it to the top, but hmm. up to the keyhole. That's number two. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Ready for number three? These yep. are very, very convoluted <laughs> in details. <laughs> yes, they really he's, are. He's weaving this little. So like if any one little <laughs> part of it is not exactly true, right. he's got us. He's got us. <laughs> okay. These are sentences that could have been emails. <laughs> <laughs> Joey has entire meetings like that. Yes. One email, three sentences could have yeah, saved but, two but hours. But we're going to use an hour. We better, we better, better meet for that. <laughs> okay, so um, you know that um, I play baseball all the way through, you know, from T-ball all the way through college, um, and that when I was in high school, I was so into baseball um, that in the summers I actually played eight games a week. So we had single games on Tuesday through Friday, doubles on Saturday and Sunday, Monday off back to it um, and part of this process because I was so into it I would go to um, Michigan baseball camp in the summers so I was also in uh, it was two separate camps one week of a hitting camp and one week of a general skills um, baseball camp uh, at University of Michigan people came from all over the country some students stayed I was a commuter because I lived right there um, and one year that I was there, some years I was I did it as a pitcher, some years I did it as a um, as a shortstop, um, and this one year when I was a shortstop, my position coach was Barry Larkin, the Hall of Fame shortstop of the Cincinnati Reds, who was a who was a a, a player for Michigan. Uh, near the end of the week, we were there. We were all hanging out. The shortstops were hanging out in center field near the warning track. I don't remember what we were doing. And, learning to do pop-ups or something. And, um, and somebody asked him, asked Barry Larkin how, how far he could throw a baseball. And he was sitting nearly on the warning track, not quite on the warning track. Um, and he grabbed a baseball and yelled and threw it to home plate where another Michigan player was standing, <laughs> almost 400 feet from seated position. Holy crap. Those are my, those are my three. All right. Bill, you got questions? 
Oh, man. Wait, seven people in the triathlon, right? Seven people seven per team. People, yes. But there's seven okay. events, right? There's seven events. What event did you do? I I did both the bike, and one year I did the canoe. Hmm. That was a long pause. That was a, a at least a pregnant pause. At least, yes, <laughs> if not twins. Yes. Um. Okay. Climbing to the keyhole, I could see you doing that. Who'd you go with? The keyhole? Yeah. Just a couple people in the band. There was a tenor horn player who eventually um, from Europe who eventually ended up at uh, school in Northern Colorado. I'm a little more concerned about the fact that you actually played with Fountain City, who is like your rival now. <laughs> your nemesis, I thought. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a competition. No offense. It was just a... Tenure yeah. in a Fountain City, fantastic organization. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now now Bill and I have no problems with Fountain City. No. Right? <laughs> no. I, I just have to keep compete against them. Yes, you do. <laughs> wow. And the baseball thing. I know, Joey, what do you what do you think? Uh, I, the Barry Larkin story sounds great. Now is it just the Barry Larkin point we're, we're supposed to believe? Or is if you only played six games a week, though, that's a lie as well. <laughs> There's so many details in there. There's a lot of details. I know what I'm going with. So, all right. So you say you played with Fountain City. You did that. And you went out there. and you. Now, I remember you going out to Colorado. Now, I remember him being out there and doing some stuff. So that he hiked up, that makes total sense. I believe <laughs> that that could have happened, right? Here's the way I'm looking at it. I could. I don't mind being fooled by the Colorado story, and I don't mind being fooled by the baseball story. I mind being fooled by the triathlon story, <laughs> and that's why I'm going number one. But see, here's the thing. <laughs> I absolutely believe that his father kicked his ass three years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Stephen Bale Weinberg. Yeah, and and, and this he's, is why he's a force to be. Yeah, and with. this is why Brian to this day denies even knowing his year of birth. Right, <laughs> he's still angry about the triathlons. Yeah, see, I I believe that there's some really weird team sort of thing that a bunch of old guys got together and beat all those youngsters. Wow. Sure, I buy that. <laughs> Sitting right here. Yeah, I believe that. Like, think about this: it, Would you love to put together a team that would beat Elliot's team? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and don't you think you could do it? Oh, yeah, I could do it. Right. So does Brian's dad. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still going number one. Hmm. See, it's here's the that thing. Was, I thought that, it, wasn't that number one? That is that number one. Number I haven't one. answered yet, though. That was number one. See, I remember you going out to Colorado, but I don't remember any details. I remember you being out there. So were you playing with Fountain City? I don't know. All those brass bands look alike to me. <laughs> so wow. Did, did you go hiking? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sure you probably went hiking. So sure, and that could that could absolutely be true. So I'm going to let that one go. I'm going to say sure. Fine. Now, that your father kicked your ass three years in a row... <laughs> I love I love this I love this so much. I do too. That I I want that to be true. Uh, but it would be great. The baseball one like that Barry Larkin could throw from a seated position all the way home totally makes sense, but did you guys are playing 8 games a week all summer? I think you're overthinking that. I'm overthinking it? I think you're overthinking <laughs> it. I don't think I think you're too caught up in the weeds. I think the whole point was was he at this camp at Michigan? Did he actually meet Barry Larkin? Yes, those things are possible. And could he throw the baseball that far? Yes. Okay, I believe that part too. 
Okay, so. then I'm going. I'm going against the Fountain City thing because I don't think he'd admit in public all of that. <laughs> Not the climbing part, the Fountain City part. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm going. Where oh, is it, Brian? Such nice people. I hope they don't hear this. All right, Brian. Okay, you guys are ready. Yeah. yeah. So the eight games a week and meeting Barry Larkin, he was my position coach, and he could throw the ball to home plate. That's all totally true. It yes. was amazing. Okay. All right. So yeah, so one of us got this right. Yeah. Yeah. All totally true. Um, the uh, the getting my ass kicked by my father for three straight years in the triathlon, uh, totally true. I did the canoe. Uh, did the canoe? Wow! <laughs> I did the bike. He was yes. a machine. They had two like sixty-five-year-old women who did the canoe, and just like kicked your butt, killed left, it, left you drowning. Well, it, yeah, yeah, it was uh, unbelievable. Wow, Joey um, got it. And the lie is that I'd never hiked up Long's Peak. It's a fourteen-thousand-footer. Every all the stars have to be aligned for to be able to do that thing. Um, but I did play a Mountain City. <laughs> But hiking wow. Long's Peak is a big, big, hairy deal. Wow. But the tenor horn player on the trip did actually make it wow. to the keyhole. See, it was a, that's possible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> he was good. He did well. Yeah. All right. Joey, come on. Are you through. ready? Joey, yeah. Joey nailed that, right? He I did. It. Okay. I got it. I, I've got these three things. Now, right. for, let me start with this one. I was so angry after the last one with Bill's. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yes. I was so mad that I, 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 I thought, could he hold a high seat for 37 seconds? I don't. That 37 I, seconds is a long time. It's not time. that long. You, it's a you long tried time. it. You did it. So I tried it. Mm-hmm. And no uh, it's a long time. But you can do it. 37 seconds? It's a long time to hold out a high C. Yeah, but I that was ma- the I didn't I didn't make it. That was the lie. Yeah. Right, but see I bought it. So I went I you bought that. And then I thought that. no. Wait, <laughs> I thought Bill could do it. Can I do it? So I went and tried it. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I couldn't do it. So that's oh. that's number 1. Now number 2, I wrote these down in order so I could remember what I was going to do. Oh yeah. So humble brag time. Uh that time I was out with Canadian Brass. Oh, did I mention that? Yeah, wow, I, I did a tu- I did a tour with Canadian Brass. They did a double quintet tour, so it was it was two quintets. You know, they went and they wanted to they did a record that way, and they wanted to go do a tour. So I was along to be basically the fourth trumpet player. But there was one tune that uh, we got going in rehearsals that uh, Ryan Anthony was the other extra guy, so he was fairly comfortable there at the time. Uh, Ryan and Joe Bergstaller said, "Joey, we want to talk to you." So we do this thing, we do this thing, and we have this chord. And then the whole band stops, and the trumpet's just hold out a chord. <clears throat> Could you, like, uh, do some stuff there, do some stuff there? Like, yeah. So I ended up, by the end of this tour, playing higher with the Canadian brass than I ever played in two years with Maynard's band on stage. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that's number two. Um, where's the third one? Oh, yeah. So when I was in the Army, you guys, since Brian brought up sports, I thought I should bring up some of my illustrious sports history. Yeah. All for right. Those you, for, those you, for those of you who don't know, fancy myself a completely average pickup basketball player, and I, <laughs> I think I'm right there. Now, when I was in the Army, the post band, not the, the special band that I was in, not the, not the Army field band, but the post band there at Fort Meade, they had a basketball team, and we had gone over and done a clinic, 
and they asked me to join the basketball. Hey, you play? Oh, we'd love to get you to play. I had to get special dispensation because I wasn't part of their official unit. One of those years, we won the post championship. I am a championship basketball player from the Fort Meade. It's basically like an intramural thing. Right. Those are my three. Do the number one again. I tried to recreate Bill's uh, claim of playing and a high C for it. 37 seconds. And, and I'm ang- now I'm even more mad. Because <laughs> he can't do it. Uh, who were the trumpets then on Canadian brass? Oh, the tr- Well, it, at the time, it was Joe Bergstaller and uh, Brandon Ridenauer. They were the ones who were the regulars. They brought me and Ryan in as the quote-unquote extras. Ryan okay. hardly qualified as an extra. And, and these high notes that you were playing, did you have to hold any of them out longer than 37 seconds? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What was um, the note that you played? Oh, I could, up playing. Uh, it was a double C sharp. I think I've heard you tell that story before. Not that he played higher than they did on the main on Maynard's band. We played double C's on the Maynard's band. On Maynard's band. No, Maynard played double C's on Maynard's band. Well, Joey played. D- to Double C's and low C's. <coughs> um, <laughs> there aren't a lot of low C's in that book. I'll be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Unless you're playing the national anthem. That's All right. Exactly how about right. um? Oh man, Brian, any ideas how, here? How, how loud did you try to play the high C? The high C was it really soft? <laughs> I love I, that this has I, taken I, on. I, a I'll be honest. Own. I'll be honest with you. I wanted to play with a clear and full sound. I wanted it to be an honest try, not like a little. Can I pinch one out and kind of squeeze? I was going to like play that note and hold it out. Joey does play by the rules. That's right. Yeah, I think that's. I think you could do that. I, I totally think you could do, do that. He plays longer than anybody we play with. I'm go. I'm going with number three. I don't Army think. I, I think you fancy yourself uh, a good basketball player, and I think you probably are. But I'm saying no to the Fort Meade championship. I think it was only one pickup game. I don't <laughs> think they let him keep keep going back. <laughs> Are you guys calling me a ball hog? Is that he what's happening right here? Uh, Is that what is happening? He's the Allen Iverson of Fort Meade. <laughs> 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 Once it went in, he was the black hole. Every That's time it. the ball went to Joey, never came back out. Never came back wow. out. Wow. Wow, that's you guys. That's what you're voting. That's what I'm going for, Brian. Um, Come on, Brian, lock in your answer. Yeah, definitely number two is true because I think he didn't play that high on the Maynard's band. Maynard's band, maybe a double C, but I don't think. I think I've heard that story before. That's why I'm saying it, and I think he could hold out a C for 37 seconds. Uh, knowing how long he, when he doesn't breathe in our group, yeah, and he makes a point of it, I think yeah, it's that's easy for him to play for 37 crap. seconds. And I don't think you should feel bad about not being able to do something I did as an undergrad. So, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, Brian? I'm voting three as well. Well, here's the thing. Um, You guys seem to to understand it wrong. What I said is I couldn't make it 37 seconds. I didn't do it. And then you're going, yeah, he could do that. He could do that. But my claim was is that I couldn't. Oh. Yeah, but you're saying... You're saying I, that you couldn't make it, but I'm saying you can make it. His claim was he right. couldn't. Right. So you would think that would be the lie. Oh. 
You talked yeah. yourselves out of it. We talked ourselves out of it. We did. Because here's the thing. We did win a post championship and oh we actually my got God. a you we actually suck. got a letter. We actually got a letter in our file that got read in front of a rehearsal one day. Oh, <laughs> the wow. guy's like, What is I'm like, what is this? They're like, Joey, we need you to come up here. And there's like the congratulations from the camp commander on being part of this basically an intramural thing. So wow. I did win the championship. That's fantastic. And we yes. did. We talked ourselves out of it. That, yeah, we did talk ourselves so out I of did, it. So I did I did everybody just I threw did, their phones down. Uh, I did do this, and I, I'll post the video. Uh, uh, I made it uh, about one minute, <laughs> and then stopped playing. <laughs> right, am I going to have to do one too? I think you should at this. See if point. I could do the thirty-seven seconds. Yeah. So I can. I, I, did, I did a it? minute. You just. You uh, said like you, a, just, you didn't I, like. I, I'll. I can share it with you right now. I could show no, it to you, but we'll put okay. it up. Wow. But right. I did make the video. But I, of course, I could do it. It's. I could do a full minute. But so right. there's mine. You didn't play that high with the Canadian brass. I did absolutely. That's a truth. Oh man. Yeah, I, I and I do remember. Yeah, you the, it stuff. was inter- it was really funny because it was a, it was essentially as a Beatles thing that they'd done before. So it mm-hmm. ends with the trumpets on an F sharp major chord for us, and then you go up <coughs> one partial. So what I was on the fourth part because I was playing fourth on everything, right? And so Ryan and Joe said, "Hey, listen, we were talking. What if you did this while we go up one partial? You go from the low note up to the high F sharp, and then you just hold it out." And then what happens is they have a little uh, dido 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 that goes underneath that after I hold out the F sharp. So okay, sure. So we did that the first couple of nights, and they're like, "Hey, what if we did something <laughs> like different?" Like I said, "What are you guys thinking?" I said, "We're thinking higher." Mm. <laughs> and I said, "So something like," and I played like the F sharp uh, down to A sharp, A uh, C sharp, A sharp, like that. Oh, will ya? And they thought, "Well, that'd be kind of cool," or you know, whatever you want to do. So I. I actually told him, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'll play the F sharp. And then I'm going to, and then if it's feeling good, I'm going to take a breath and I'm going to slide up the fifth. And then you guys can just give me the cue on the way out. And they're like, cool. (laughs) 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 So that's what we did. I mean, I did it literally, I mean, naked. Nothing was, nothing else was happening. The band all stops. So it's just like a I just slide up to the C sharp and then down. But no, there was never anything that high in Maynard's book because that's why we had Maynard. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah, cool. And he totally used your stuff to. He did. He used my own stuff against me. Wow. Well, you guys talked to yourselves. We did. To believing the right stupid. thing, but not. Li- you didn't listen to the the, the rules. Yeah. I said I could not make it. Is what I said. Yeah. So, and you guys are like, oh, uh, he could totally make that. No, he could totally make it. That's a lot. <laughs> All right, Bill. What do you got for us? All right, <clears throat> here are mine. Uh, first one is this number one. So you guys know that I grew up in rural Western Pennsylvania, and that my dad was a police officer. And as a kid, I was around, always around hunting and firearms and, and all that kind of stuff. So one year when I was around 15 years old, um, my dad was training a group of police officers. And I uh, took them out to the Game Commission Training School, and they were at the skeet range. So in order to do a demonstration on how you lined up and how you stood and how you, you know, yelled pull and all this stuff and got the skeet, you know, the skeet range thing to work, to do all that, um, he, had, he had me go out and do it as a demo. And on that demo, I broke five out of five clay pigeons and outshot every cop on the line. Okay. That's number one. Number two, as a sophomore at IUP, I won the concerto competition playing the Artunian. Um, I'm calling garbage on that. (laughs) 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 I've got my answer. I've got my answer. There's no way he was double-tonguing as a sophomore (laughs) undergrad. (laughs) Maybe I just forgot. Um, 
And the orchestra conductor refused to rent the parts for Artunians. They went to my teacher and said, look, we own the Haydn. He's just going to do that. So my teacher was really bummed, but he, but he held, handled it really well. He said, listen, we're going to you know, learn to play the E-flat trumpet. Um, we're going to write your cadenzas. We're going to work on it together. And it ended up being this really cool thing because we worked on the cadenzas together. I got extra time with him. It was really great. And at the performance, a conductor from a local regional orchestra was there, heard me play, really dug everything, including the cadenzas, and offered me a chance to play with a local regional orchestra and actually made 500 bucks doing it. So just because I couldn't play Artunian, it actually ended up turning into a pretty good thing anyway. Okay. Although I'm still angry about not playing Artunian with the orchestra. You should have just played the Artunian cadenza. I should have. <laughs> that would have showed him. <laughs> On E-flat. Exactly. E flat, right. Okay. Uh, and number three, right? So as you guys know, I, I like to make people laugh. And uh, once in a grad, once when I was in grad school, it was during a long recording weekend, and I was invited to lunch as a grad student with uh, other graduate students and some guests and a very well-known conductor. Shut up, Joey. Wow, look at you. Are you conductor bragging? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> your second one, you're, you're conductor shaming, and your third one, you're conductor bragging. I'm this balancing is not it out. A, and if you could think of the first one, your dad functionally was serving as a conductor. As a conductor, yeah. This is all conduct. This is not okay. This is uh, This is so, called the open baton. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> so as we sat telling stories around the table for lunch, uh, I told a story that I have been known to tell many times. And no, it did not involve the bear. But I uh, apparently, <laughs> I I did so with such great timing and delivery that when the entire table erupted in laughter and this very famous conductor shot ice cream out of his nose <laughs> at the lunch table. I made him laugh so hard that he snorted ice cream out of his nose. All right. that's that. So now we can ask questions? Yeah. You said cadenzas in your Haydn. You used mm -hmm. the plural. Nice catch. So you did cadenzas in one and three. In one and three. Sure. That was my chance. I mean. Okay. What regional I'm orchestra did you play with? Performance practice. Altoona Symphony Orchestra. Uh, the Altoona about Symphony. About 45 minutes away from Indiana. No, that's from, you mean Indiana University of Pennsylvania, not from Indiana. Indiana. I'm in Indiana. Indiana, <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> All right, so you said your dad uh, set you up in there, right? Yeah. When did, how, how had you trained with there before, right? You had obviously yeah. been out there before. Yeah, my dad was friends with the superintendent of the Game Commission Training School, Ross Leffler School of Conservation, which actually is no longer in Brockway. It's in Harrisburg now, interestingly enough, like 15, you know, 15 minutes from my house. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, Love so I, we Lefler's were out there. Close personal friend. All the time, yeah, the Leffler, sorry. <laughs> yeah. We go way back. <laughs> the Brockway so, Lefflers. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I, we were out there all the time, had access to the to the grounds and to the equipment and all that. All right. W what kind of rifle were you using? Well, it's a skeet range, so I'm using a 12-gauge shotgun. Oh, I see. Shooting clay pigeons. Yeah. All right. They call so them clay pigeons. They're just discs. You know, like you've seen like on Olympic shooting and stuff, right? They, they come flying out. A little disc, and they're orange on the top, so you can see them. And then if you if you hit them straight on, they just pulverize into a like a cloud of dust. All right, did you hit them with your first shot? I hit all five of them. With yeah, your one first shot, shot, one shot each. That's it. And none of the cops could do that. 
No, because it's pretty good if you can do like if you get three out of five or four out of five. And in their defense, some of them were brand new guys. I but just had the best. They they hadn't grown up shooting. Uh, no, sometimes police officers don't grow up shooting. Yeah, in that's, Western that's Pennsylvania, very possible. they yeah. grow into. That. I grew up in Texas, and that sounds that sounds well, fishy to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I had lots of friends that grew up shooting. I was obviously yeah. not one of them, but yeah. Brian, you got questions? I've got lots of questions. I don't have a lot of the questions, but I absolutely believe he made somebody spit ice cream out of who, his Who's the conductor? You said well-known conductor. <laughs> you didn't give us a name. That. I don't know that I should give his name. I've this talked about at, him many times. This was at the University of North Texas? What, yes, At it the was. time, was North, State, North Texas State University? It was not. It was University of North Texas when I was not there. Not when you were in school. That was 1850. <laughs> it was, look, the was school... Was this Fritz Reiner? Is that who this was? 1890 <laughs> is when the school started. <laughs> was this Leopold Stokowski? Is that who yes. this was? Valley in his <laughs> retirement. <laughs> See, Bill's so good at this. Like he's I, I, that's why I'm so mad about the first one because I, I I'm mad I got that wrong. <laughs> but his all of these sound like complete garbage and could all be completely true. He's very good <laughs> at this. That's the point of the yeah. game. He's so good at this. What do you think, Brian? I well, I don't think his dad took him on that day. I believe the police officers can't shoot. I believe I heard the story <laughs> about them not being able to shoot at all. Um and uh and I believe that he would hit five out of five, probably with regularity um, there going out with his dad. But I don't think he was out in the range doing the demo. Yeah, the officers. I, 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 I don't think his dad would take him out like, I mean, putting him in front of training cops as a 15 year old. Yeah, I, mean, I don't buy that either. I believe he won the concerto competition. I think yeah. I've heard that. That sounds familiar. That rings a bell. Like you said, my Canadian brass mm-hmm. rings a bell. That one, at least parts of that ring a bell. Sure. But did he play with Altoona? Is there an Altoona Symphony Orchestra? Sure, of course is. there is. Yeah, but Google ice cream it. out the nose, but he won't name the conductor. See, that makes it sound true. I th- well, I totally I just, cause I've talked about the conductor many times. I don't want to throw him under the bus. I, I think I think it's number one. Yeah. I, I'm, you think I'm number one is the lie? Yeah. Okay. Brian, yeah, what do yeah. you think? That's, I think I'm going with number one. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in grad school, I did make this very famous conductor <laughs> snort yes, ice cream yeah. on his nose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that actually happened. I did win the concerto competition at IUP, and the whole Artunian Haydn thing is right, but I was never invited by the Altoona Center. See, it's the little flying. part. That's <clears throat> See, that's crap. Yeah. <laughs> that's crap. I, however... It is true that my father took me out to demo this, and I broke five out of five on that day. It was I was out of my mind, man. I had never done that. And so he turns around, and he goes, all right, gentlemen, I did this so you don't understand how the machine works, and also don't screw around with my kid. <laughs> <laughs> don't mess with oh, my son. That's yeah. impressive. I knew parts of that story sounded true, that concerto yeah. competition. Well, Yeah, done. and I've told well you guys done. that story before, yeah. Well so. done. Good work. Yeah, there you go. Does Altoona have a symphony orchestra? Yeah. They do. Absolutely they do, yeah. In fact, I'm going to go play with him uh, next month. I'm going to go sub. But he's not making 500 bucks. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> not to play the Haydn. Are you kidding me? And the cadenzas were terrible. All right, boys. Time for a couple of things. So one's career is an accumulation of experiences and events that contribute to our overall trajectory. But some of these things really stand out and leave an impression. And some of them can be life-altering in significant ways. So today, we're going to make some time to talk about landmark events that shaped our careers. Landmark. Landmark. You call that a career? 
Land shark. <laughs> to borrow belts. <laughs> Great line. <laughs> That's why we actually use that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So um, from I'll go from five to one, right? And do I do all five? Oh, or do you put them oh, in. I'm doing chronologically. Yeah, I think mine are chronological, too. But you can Definitely. do them any way you want. Yeah, Brian, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, so uh, was when I, I was a fourth-year student at Oberlin, um, our teacher, Byron Pearson, had open-heart surgery, and he um, could not teach the fall semester. Um, it turned out he couldn't teach the spring semester either. That was the year that um, they hired uh, James Darling from the Cleveland Orchestra to come and teach. And um, that was transformational for me in that year um, as a player and as a musician. He was spectacular. Um, and then when I was a senior, the next year, when I was a fifth-year senior, he called me um, in the fall when I was doing my student teaching, and he said, what are your plans next year? Um, and I said, well, I'm going to get married, and I'm going to uh, go back to Michigan and get a high school band director job. And he said, no, 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 don't do that. And I said, don't get married? <laughs> he, <laughs> said, he said, no, no, get and married. <laughs> and Sarah has words with him. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, no, get married, but don't go get a high school job. Come to Cleveland and study with me for two years for your master's degree mm -hmm. um, and pr pursue this playing thing. Um, so that's what I did. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was, he was great, and he was right. And I so I think that's a big event in my life. I, I have to say, the whole time you were telling the story, I'm thinking, okay, this is the lie. <laughs> my mind is still like I'm still a segment back and I'm like there's no way that happened it never happened I'm writing I'm taking notes no. how did this he call he didn't have a cell phone then no. he, call, he called my house he figured out the number at the house that's yeah, great that's, none of that sounds true no no, no that, that, that's, that's great to that, be invited like that right yeah that had to feel pretty good yeah that's fabulous that changed it yeah changed the trajectory absolutely yeah. Mm. Are we doing all of them? We're we going around. No, the let's go. Yeah, let's yeah, we'll, let's round robin. Around right? the horn. Cool. Yeah, Excellent. Joey, what do you got? All right. So I went chronologically, and, and it also involves a teacher. Like after my sophomore year of high school, I went to this Eastman summer jazz camp. It was a six-week camp, which mm. was sort of like going to college because you had you had big band, you had small group, you had a, a kind of a music history class, kind of a music theory kind of class. So it's like just you're in classes all day and you're practicing. And so I get there, and as I've talked about before the trumpet teacher and jazz band director was Vince DiMartino. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I'm a good 15-year-old trumpet player, and I'm kind of comparing myself to the other high school trumpet players around me and thinking, I'm doing pretty well. And Vince, in a lesson, like he's the first one I ever heard say this. I know maybe other people have said it, but he said it to me. He's like, huh, you know, you sound pretty good, but the minute you graduate high school, you're competing with for gigs with me. And frankly, I'm still going to hire me. <laughs> and, and it really... <laughs> Totally changed. It, that changed. That summer changed a lot for me because suddenly it was like, oh, right. If I want to be a professional, I need to compare myself to professionals. And guess what? <laughs> I still got a long way to go. Mm. <laughs> you know, and listening to Vince in person, like I got to hear Vince all, you know, all the time for six weeks playing and going, oh, oh, well, that's really, that's really good. And also that summer, the... Eastman Band was going to go to Montreux. Byron Stripling was playing lead in that band, so I'd go sneak into those rehearsals and just listen to them play and go, wow, that guy playing lead trumpet sounds a lot better than anything else I've ever heard live, <laughs> you know, and, and that was certainly true. So that, you know, that was six weeks of just 
that kind of intense and just life altering. So I came back and we start my I start my junior year of high school and my jazz band director like the first week said, "What happened to you?" <laughs> I said, "What do you mean?" Cuz you know, you hear yourself every day and you just think that's you. And he says, "You it's like you just leapt another level, you know." And I'm like, "Oh, well, this summer was pretty good, but that was a huge huge shift for me right in the middle of high school. It was amazing." Yeah. Perfect great timing. Yeah. yeah. Um, my, my first one is, um, is very similar to that. Um, and it involved the Pennsylvania governor's school for the arts. Cause there it is. up until that time, I mean, a lot of folks in my town, the culture was to go to work and not necessarily assume that you were going to go to college and especially not for something like music. And, um, and man, just going there, just let me know what was possible. And again, I, you know, I, I ended up there with a couple trumpet players. One was from Philly, who got to study with a whole bunch of people. And the other guy was from Pittsburgh, and he got to study with a whole bunch of people. And then there was me from the from the woods. You know, <laughs> right. we, were the th- we were the three trumpet players that were there. And I just remember them hearing them kind of going, oh, oh, okay. And <laughs> it was really cool because everybody was like, you know, I was like, how do you do that? How do you do that? You know? And uh, boy, an amazing experience that just kind of let me know what was possible. And from that point on, I, I never looked back. Then I knew. But that was a five-week period that was just absolutely transformational. Yeah, absolutely. They make, they, rem- they make it, This is my argument against year-round school, by the way. When, mm. when, when people yeah, talk sure. about modified year-round school, the, re- the biggest problem with year-round school is for people who really do want to focus on something, they can do that in the summers because, like, you know, band is often right. extracurricular or even, like, science camp, space camp, math camp, whatever you really want to focus on, you can do that in the summers. And I did, and it was really great. And lots of us have. We got those times. Yeah, sure. So because during the school year, you know, you got everything else. Now the summer, this is where I really want to focus, and that mm-hmm. changed my life. Yep, absolutely. All right, Brian. It's Brian, round, round two. Round so, two. Yeah, second, second one. So, um you will know this about me that I'm, I'm exceedingly naive about many, many things. Um, and one of them, of course, <laughs> is trumpet and trumpet playing. Um, and so when I came to Rutgers to do my audition, um, I, I did my, for my doctorate, right, to study mm. with Pete Bond. Right. And um, I think it was the first, it was kind of a shock to me. And I'd already been through CIM and played for Michael and JD every week. And, um, but I was still super naive. And I did my audition and I waited in the hall, and Pete came out of the hall after they, the committee discussed stuff, and he said, well, I think they're going to let you in. Um, I think I know what you're doing wrong, and I think I can help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's fantastic. <laughs> and I was like, uh, w- what What I'm doing wrong? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll work it out. And <laughs> <laughs> That is a great acceptance. I yeah. love that. It was terrific. And, and, yes, he did completely change the way I played the instrument. It was spectacular and, and super helpful and unlocked a lot of, a lot of things for me. Um, but, yeah, that was a pretty important moment, I think. That's a great way to deliver that information, right? <laughs> that is great. Yeah. Like, like you owe me going in. Right. Okay? <laughs> You're like, listen, I know you got a master's from CIM, but, you know, a couple things. A <laughs> <laughs> couple things. <laughs> it's all in. That's really good. Yeah. Man. All right. So, so my second one, my next two involve uh, choices made where I look back and think, mm. What was I thinking? But boy, did I, I was right at the time. And the first one is, you know, uh, I, you know, I got into Juilliard out of high school. So what do you do when you get into Juilliard? You go. Right. Right. So I'm there. And as I've discussed a lot of times, for me, at that time, not the right fit. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. I think lots of people would, you know, well, I'm at Juilliard. I better stay at Juilliard because it's Juilliard. And I got out and I transferred out to Eastman. And that was made an enormous change for me. I mean, I, I got there and within two weeks I'm going, yeah, okay, this is the fit. This is the right fit. Making that change. I think had I stayed, I don't know what would have happened, but I can't imagine it would have been anywhere near as good for me at that time. So just making that change to find the right fit, find the right fit for me at that time was enormous and for my personal growth. Because I'm looking at the, at the time going, I don't think I'm. this is what I'm supposed to be doing and this isn't set up for me to get better. And I got to Eastman and went, no, this is where, yeah, this is what I was looking for. Right. Huge difference. That's cool. Even though you just had, you had great teachers and a great music. I had, well, leader. Mel Broyles was great. Mel was a great private teacher, and Mark Gould ran a master class for everybody, which was great. But the classroom instruction at the time, I had a theory professor who didn't use a book, who kind of taught off the top of his head, and by the way, called me Mark all year long, which I found <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> um, it wasn't that he <laughs> forgot my name. He thought my name was Mark. And I would correct him nearly every week. And the class had eight people in it, you know. So, uh, but it was just the, the education at that time. And I, it's, you know, it's a great school, has a great reputation for a reason, but was not really seeming to do much more than say, okay, you guys are really, really good. Now go practice. Like, like right now they've got the ABQ in residence, right? We, we talked about starting a brass quintet. Well, how would that work? And they're like, well, I mean, you guys can do that if you want. But there was no real chamber music set up about how to get these things going. And, yeah. you know, you played, here's your orchestra. You will rehearse twice a week, go. That's what you get. I'm like, this doesn't seem like enough for me. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, my second one also involves undergraduate school, um, which you've heard me say many times was at, was at IUP. Um, and so there was this cool thing that happened, was playing with the, with the big band. Um, it was like my first year there. And... Um, and we had a guest soloist come in, and I'd never heard of this guy. Brian, you're going to enjoy this story because it was George Rabbi. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And here I <laughs> yes. am, like a freshman kid from the middle of nowhere, and I find myself in the top band, and I'm, you know, and, and so George is, he's in there working with us. I don't think I had ever met anyone that was, well, I'd never heard live jazz like that. And like for the, it, anybody listening uh, that doesn't know George, because George uh, isn't as famous as we all think he should be. He should uh, be. Uh, uh, George yeah. is an unbelievable jazz musician and trumpet player. His trumpet playing is, is wonderful and is great. Uh, uh, probably, uh, if you know him, you know him from playing on Woody Herman's band or then, of course, freelancing up around the East Coast, New York and Philly around those times and that area. But he is just spectacular and yep. full of great energy oh my gosh i so i'd never been around anyone that that played like that live like to stand right there and hear that was just ridiculous and so he brought three of us out to play actually two of us my my one roommate al reese and i joined george for a trio on a Pravav. now see this is the lie right no, this oh, is the wrong segment. No, this sorry. is the wrong segment. Sorry. <laughs> See? Now this is what's happening. So I was like, I can't believe this has happened to me because Al could really play jazz, and, and obviously George was incredible. So I'm completely, like, just I'm freaked out. That's when I learned how kind and encouraging someone could be. Mm. Like, because he was just all in. And, the, I mean, we were, we were playing a blues solo, so I, I'm doing okay. But 
in the middle of that concert, I'll never forget standing there and having him stand next to me yelling like, yeah, like <laughs> cheering me on, like take That's another awesome. one. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, but he was just so like all in. It was just a life altering moment. And I've actually had the opportunity to tell George that story later on. And of course, he's so, oh, man, you're so kind. No, no, no. But it really was like this brush with greatness for me that just changed the course. That's you know? beautiful. Incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Great <laughs> guy. That. Never George, forget George it. George is great. Yeah. And every right. time I hear Opera Bob, every time I hear that tune, I'm like, oh, man. You're right back there. I am oh. right back there. I've got a yeah. great big band chart on that. Oh, man. That's mm. good. <laughs> you should do that for six trumpets. Ooh. Ooh. Let me this write how these down. things happen. <laughs> Hi Brian, round three. Round three. So um, it was a uh, it was my sabbatical year in the UK, uh, two thousand nine ten, um, and it was transformational for the entire family. I think, um, I think it it uh, it was transformational for my relationship with Sarah. Um, we were not working. Neither one of us was working there. We had all this time. The kids were in school. We put them in school. They wore uniforms every day. I played with um, two different brass bands, and Kate started pl there playing cornet in um, a training band on Friday night. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then I would go and um, work with the youth band in, in Elland um, on the Saturday morning. <clears throat> so it was like six days a week of brass banding, which was maybe a little overkill. Um, but we also did a lot of traveling um, all over the U.K., and um, it was just an amazing year. And, of course, the mm -hmm. story about studying with Philip McCann, uh, learning what it meant to actually <laughs> make a sound on a cornet mm -hmm. um, was incredible. So, yeah, and it, it actually has changed a lot more because it's changed. There are three groups I'm associated with here at Rowan. Uh, we have a, a, a youth brass band that I conduct. We have a university brass band I conduct, and then I play in the Atlantic Brass Band and um, brought back so much information um, and a way of doing things. We've actually had some, some national championship success in ABB, um, and uh, you know, people were willing to work work to that level that we didn't really know existed. Um, so it was transformational for lots of people. But but that was a a big deal. That's been still yeah. is a big deal in my of course goodness. Life. That's yeah, that's huge. And but to have that opportunity and take the whole family. I mean, that's that's an in a huge investment. And when you said you and Sarah weren't working, you meant that your relationship was fine, but neither of you had jobs. Right. <laughs> we didn't yeah, I was jobs. like, wow, he, Brian's going all in. Because <laughs> this might be news to Sarah should she listen, which right. I can't imagine she would. No, she would I don't imagine that that is news to her. <laughs> <It's> not a <laughs> problem. <laughs> Even better. For her, it was going back home, right? Because she's from, she's from England. Or she's right. She's been here since yeah. she was three months old. Um, yeah, so... She was hoping to work as a midwife because midwives do 85% of the deliveries in the UK. It turns mm. out that being a foreign-trained midwife, doesn't matter where you were trained, it's uh, more than a year-long process. Oh, um, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. To, yeah. to actually figure out how to get in the system there. So so she, she didn't get to observe. She didn't get to go to any hospitals or birth centers to watch. So she was just hanging out. Just took the year. Yeah, wow. just to great though. Yeah, it was it was hugely expensive because we didn't have her salary. Right. And then I was on three quarter salary. Um, her uncle had died um, about six months before we went, and he he left um, all of the cousins um, ten thousand pounds in his mm. will, and that covered our rent and a little bit of food for the year. Oh. Wow. wow. So and then we saved we saved some money uh, going over. So yeah, it was. 
it was financially costly, but you can't put a price on the experience. What a, but what a great way to use no, that amazing. money. Yeah. yeah. And, and then think, too, about, you know, I, I think about how that story had an impact on me <laughs> because now there I've been there twice because yes. of your connections, which you know, is just amazing. You know, that's very good, cool good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, like Joey, I said, my, my third that one. one. Yep. <laughs> well, doesn't, not, I'm not topping that, <laughs> but I will say that the next one is also about uh, a decision I made at the time, which I, I think among people I knew was controversial. Was you know right out of my undergrad, I got the job playing lead trumpet in the Jazz Ambassadors, which a lot of people look at as a coveted, coveted job that they will ride a full career out of, and a lot of people have made full careers out of making those special bands. And I was there, and and within a year, and I was thinking. Okay, this is this is a good job. This isn't my job, mm-hmm. you know. So I I stayed for four years, and you know, and and I'm and I left, and and I left without having another job in place. I left and went back to grad school, you know. And at the time, people were telling me, "Listen, you're young. You just don't understand. You don't know how good you've got it. This is what people are mm-hmm. looking for." And I thought to myself, "No, this isn't what I'm looking for." And That's like amazing. I said, and for decision. other people, these are great jobs. And had I stayed, well, what I often say is, had I stayed, I'd still be in Leavenworth. But you know, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I think there, there were, you know, I had some, fr- I had some real frustrations in, in that job that I think were legitimate at the time, and some of those have gotten better. I, I've seen a lot of growth in how those bands treat people, and, and they definitely do a better job now than they they did then. But that wasn't my job, so I left, and I left to go to grad school. And yeah, I had a teaching assistantship, but talk about expensive. Well, here I am making yeah. a full time salary and supporting myself too. Okay, that TA position will cover my rent. I hope I can find some work down there. Yeah. You know, but you know, had I stayed and it stayed, you know, twenty or thirty years, then, you know, then I I, I couldn't have had all of the things that happened after that, which mm. were remarkable. Did you improve while in, as a player in the chair while you were while you were there those four years? I I think for the first three years I was really good, but the last year I was really. I was not happy as a human being, and I think it I let it affect my practice and my play. Yeah. So I got down to Miami, and I remember the first concert of, at Miami, and I walked off stage thinking, "Oh, that wasn't that wasn't good enough. It was oh. okay. It was mm-hmm. fine, mm-hmm. but that kind of reinvigorated that I'm not really practicing the way I know I'm supposed to. Let's get back on the, get back on it, and got really turned back around. Hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my next one started when I was, a uh, I was a grad student at Eastern Kentucky with Kevin Eisensmith and Kevin was so good about creating opportunities for us that he took the entire studio to ITG in Akron, up in Akron, Ohio. Yeah. So being a, being a grad student, he had a big studio at the time. So I, I drove one of the vans and he drove one of the vans and off we left, right? So to save money, <laughs> we left in the middle of the night <laughs> and we drove north and we, uh, Kevin had set up a tour of the UMI factory for us. So oh, we, we, the one at East Lake. Yeah. So yeah. we we drive we drive up. And how do you know that? How do you not know that? How do you not know that? Come on, man. <laughs> wow, in East Lake. Yeah. So we. Uh, You're we the one that went there. to college in Ohio. You I should do that. Two degrees in Ohio. <laughs> Come on. I said. So we drive like you know through the night. Whatever. We get there for this tour first thing in the morning, and there's a gentleman sitting in the back of the room. It's Keith Johnson. Oh. There it is. And so I, Kevin goes back, because I, I said to Kevin, I'm like, isn't that who that is? He said, yeah, come on. 
So Kevin was great about this. He will walk up to anyone, anywhere, and put his hand out and say, I'm Kevin Smith. Nice to meet you. All right. So uh, we go back and he introduces me. Keith and I end up hanging out kind of at the back of the tour and talking. We have lunch together. And the first thing he says to me, this is really cool. I said, I'd really like to talk to you about doctoral school at North Texas. And he said, I'll be happy to do that as long you know, if you answer a question for me. And I'm like, sure. And he says, does Kevin have a doctoral program in his school? And I said, no, Eastern doesn't have a, a doctorate in music. He said, okay, then we can talk. Oh, it was like, wow, really cool. So I ended up playing for Keith at ITG in Akron. So we're like, we're going to get together for a lesson. We can't find a room, really. So we are in the instrument storage room in the music department. <laughs> nice. And uh, I played the first five notes of Robert Russell Bennett's Rose Variations for him in that storage room. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I didn't have to tongue any of those. Yeah, not a, no. And Brian, so this is where this, the story is similar because he says, you're in. You can come to North Texas. And I'm like, do you want to hear something else? And he goes, no, I don't need to hear anything else. Um, here are some things that you're probably really good at, and here's a list of things that I'm sure that you would need to do, and you probably struggle here. And do. Like, <laughs> he had triangulation on me after five notes, and I was like, okay, that's, yeah, that's amazing. That's remarkable, you know? And I said, wow. you really don't need to hear anything else. And he goes, no, any teacher that can't hear you play five notes and tell you everything there is to know about your playing isn't worth their salt. <laughs> Which is wow. pretty remarkable. That's awesome. Wow. You think about it, like you you know a lot after a pretty short period of time. And Keith had been doing this for uh, for quite a while. At any rate, that driving all night and going to the factory and all that stuff just lined up that Keith and I met and hit it off. And of course, I ended up at North Texas. So that's awesome meant to be. That's yeah, great. Totally, totally meant, to meant to be. Yeah, pretty crazy. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right, number four for yeah, me, Brian, is. Um, Tromba Mundi. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, and yes. Kudos to all of those guys in in Tromba Mundi, and but particularly for being in the group with you two, and so I can I can talk about about just you guys a little bit. Um, the first one is the first instance that, again, I'm super naive, <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> getting shocked out of my naivete <laughs> is naivete is really important. We were doing our first recording session, and Joey was playing lead on something, and it was you know crazy high, and he was sounded amazing. And um, the next thing that came up in the rehearsal, on, it was like the first or second day. You remember this, Vern Reynolds, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I had suggested Vern Reynolds, not knowing that when you suggest a piece, that means you have to play lead on it. Um, and so I was playing lead on Vern Reynolds, and I had worked it up on C trumpet, B flat part. And Joey sat down next to me. I was playing I, second on that. Yeah. yeah, playing second. And I'm thinking, this is the lead guy is going to play second to me. And uh, he looks over, sits down with his B flat. He looks over and says, "Oh, you're going to play this on C trumpet." And uh, and I said, I said, yeah, I worked it up on C trumpet. And I said, but it doesn't matter to me. Of course, it does didn't because in Cleveland Zouder played B flat to to Michael C trumpet in the orchestra so that was like a thing I was like it's so it's totally fine and Joey said no no I, I'll play it on C trumpet <laughs> and goes and picks up a C trumpet and proceeds to read the damn thing down <laughs> no problem and I was like the only thing I could think was okay he's playing a very different game than I'm playing <laughs> because he's doing this lead thing and then he says I was like are you kidding me and then, um, and then when Bill joined the group, 
um, I actually went out and watched Bill teach because I think the way you deal with people and with teaching and the pedagogy and how you, well, you t- talk about it all the time. It's not really about the trumpet with you. <laughs> and it's been an amazing process of realization for me and understanding. Um, and I just think that the association with Tromba Mundi, it's absolutely the most fun I've ever had playing the trumpet, playing in that group. Mm-hmm. The most fun. Um, but uh, in particular, dealing with, with you two guys. Um, <laughs> we must be dealt with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that that is important to dealing with. <laughs> <us>. Teflon <laughs> is part <jacket>. of it. <laughs> um, has been just spectacular. And I consider it, it one of the most important uh, moments and experiences in my, in my life and playing career, teaching career. Well, that's good. We're getting there. But uh, I have one before I get to that place. Because uh, when I left the Army, I, I said I'm going chronologically. So I leave the Army, yeah. and one of the things I was told, like I said, was, you're never going to find a job better than this. You just don't really understand because you're young. So I go and start my master's degree. And two years later, on my very first tour with Maynard, we're in Baltimore. <laughs> so sure enough, we're playing a concert and two of the guys of the band and, you know, this is before cell phones and Internet stuff. So it's not like I was out there calling everybody. I was like very happy to be on the band. And and it's intermission of my first of my first tour. It's like three weeks out. And two of the guys that I used to stand next to all the time are there because, of course, Maynard's in town. You're going to go see Maynard. Right. See Maynard they yeah. walk up at intermission and seriously, one of them actually looked at me and said, or you might find a better gig than this. Like he literally, <laughs> that is the first thing he said to me at intermission. But, no, I mean, going chronologically, the next one for me is getting to play on Maynard's Band. I mean, you know, there, when you're uh, somebody of my age, uh, you grew up here in Maynard. And, you know, I saw him live for the first time when I was in seventh grade and thought, wow, I didn't, I didn't know the trumpet could do that. And then you buy the albums, you go see him live. And, you know, to get that phone call and go, I'm going to go out and play lead on Maynard's band was How just... How did you get it? How, like, what was the process? Well, uh, this is one of the things I'll be perfectly honest about. The process is uh, uh, kind of who you know. They, the band used to say all of the time, well, yeah, we have, you know, we send us your resume and send us a tape and we listen to those sorts of things, which did not happen all that often. What really happened is, who do we get? And they asked the guys. Mm. And uh, I can tell you that when, when I was, I was actually... Uh, I, I don't I don't like to tell stories about gigs I didn't get, but it's relevant to this story. Uh, the guy who's playing second trumpet on the band was John Owens at the time, and John was a year behind me at Eastman. And he come they come through town when I was in the army, and I'm like, wow, dude, you're in management. This is the coolest thing ever. He says, yeah, you should really. We got to get you out. And I'm like, well, I'm getting out next year. I'm getting out of the army, <laughs> so I'm in my first year of masters, and there was a possibility of this thing opening up on short notice. They might need somebody like this Friday. Mm. And I got a call on a Tuesday. Wow. But it's in the we're in the middle of second semester. I'm a teaching assistant. I'm the only lead player in the school. We're about to have uh uh was it Michael? Was it Michael Brecker? Yeah, Michael Brecker was coming mm. as our guest artist. We had all this stuff coming and I was teaching classes and running the third jazz band. I said no. And I said mm. I can't make it this week. And so the next year when they called, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm going. But it was it was recommendation of people who are already in the band. So oh, I knew, cool. I, you know, I knew some of those people and I was in that position and they checked so around and said, yeah, let's give that guy a shot. And in two years, uh, just short of two years, I was out. Yeah. All of 94 and almost all of 95. So but it was, you know, that's enormous. You know, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. 
Yeah. Were you a better player coming off of that band than when you went in? <clears throat> That's a good question. Um, I think in some ways, absolutely. Just from the idea of one getting out and they're playing. Like when you say about being in the army, I I, I think the same thing. I I. When counting down to five, one of the things I had to leave out was playing at Disney, which was really huge because that's the first time I go out and play every night. You just go play shows every night. And just yeah. doing that offers an awful lot of growth. But when you do it with Maynard and you get two things out of that, one, you know me and I'm an overthinker, the realization that for people watching this, this is their first time seeing Maynard. Somebody, a lot of people in that crowd, this is that time for them. Yeah, and that sure. meant something to me, you know. But then watching Maynard do it every night and realize that he'd already been doing it for decades and decades and decades. And the energy that he brings every night was astounding. And he seemed to have a little extra gear. And all of us, we've all talked about this. The guys I was out with and the alums, like we've all chatted about this. <laughs> yeah. he, he would know when the band was dragging. And then yeah. we'd start, we, you know, we open up with Blue Birdland and he'd walk out and just light it on fire. And we're like, oh my, here we go. <laughs> wow. But That's seeing cool. that, like seeing him, you know, on the bus with us, riding with us, doing the thing, seeing that level and going, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, that just makes you better. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's what uh, of those two things, of the, of, of the two big gigs, right, the Jazz Ambassadors from Mainers Band, what was the more challenging book? Oh, Mainers Band's way more challenging because it was only two trumpets at the time. Oh, right. <laughs> it was the wow. small big band, you know, it's right. the big Bob Nouveau. So like, you know, in a big band where you got four, we had five trumpets in the Jazz Ambassadors. Right. So, I mean, it certainly has its challenges, but uh, nothing like, uh, you know, you're just hanging out there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so mine's a playing thing too, although kind of wrestling, because I, I had a really hard time knocking this down to five. Me too. So, you know, I'm going to leave out something important, but I do have to mention the time that I spent at North Texas playing in the North Texas Wind Symphony with Gene Corporal conducting because yeah. that was studying with Keith was amazing but the people I was surrounded by down there in that section and then w sitting in Gene's rehearsal twice a week for all those hours was a clinic like uh, unbelievable ways to listen to music and to develop musicianship and the way to fix things like his ability to just analyze something very quickly and have a solution for it was just amazing to me. And it was like being, for me, it was like being dropped into another universe of musicianship, like sat down on the first day and went, oh. You know, <laughs> yeah. in his first rehearsal yeah. there, my first rehearsal in that group was his first rehearsal at North Texas. We got there at the same time. Oh, is that right? I didn't know oh, that. That's cool. So the first rehearsal, of course, this band has never met before. He had been through, he auditioned everybody personally, individually, Every one of the group played. And he said, the, the, this uh, right out of the shoots, he says, no one knows what this ensemble sounds like except me. Because I've heard, <laughs> right? Because like, cause I've heard all of you play individually, and I was like, oh, oh, this is going to be really, really wow. interesting. And it was. I mean, it was, it That's was an incredible, amazing. incredible experience that not only had an impact on me as a trumpet player and a teacher but i mean the, the whole conducting thing just watching him work with bands is just well it was that's interesting because of course yeah I, I mean that's obviously a great group but you know at eastman we have the eastman wind ensemble which we think a lot of and yes. i was there with donald hunsberger and right. i will tell you here's the thing that blew me away because you know 
you come out of these groups where it's like trumpet and this and trumpet that. I, I remember my first rehearsal playing in the Eastman Wind Ensemble because at Eastman at the time, I, I, I imagine it's still the same. It's kind of a random rotation. This concert, you're an orchestra. Then this concert there, and here's what part you're playing in these pieces, right? So we sit down, and, we're, and we start on something, and you know we're into the rehearsal, and he says, uh, hey, listen, uh, you know, hey, Jim, I need you to do this, and Claire, I need you to do this. And I'm like, wow, gosh, so we already know it's them. So uh, Joey at Measure 17, I'm like, how the heck does he know my name? He knew everyone's name from. I, I, it was astounding. Yep. You wow. watch that yeah. level of, he's committed. He knows what he's doing. Yep. Like I haven't ever seen that before. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty amazing. It really is. Yeah, and then you know, lessons obviously next level stuff. But being in there and the accountability in an ensemble like that and the level of playing across the board. Sitting in front of that low brass section, that just changed. It just changes the way you think about music and yeah. about sound. Right. Crazy. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, big finish, Brian. What do you got? All right, big big finish. So it's uh, it's this year. It's at 52 years old during COVID, deciding that I was going to do an embouchure change. Mm. And then after five months of work, smashing my face <laughs> in the bike. Yeah. Oh, my God, accident. that's huge. Right. Yeah. And, and then... Accepting the embouchure change back to zero, like three seconds on an F natural on the staff to start seven seconds off back and forth for one minute. That's where I started. And I think, I mean, we're on day 114 back playing. I think it's going to change the way I play. Hold on, is that that's a one? For, is that in a row? Or is that over like three hundred days? <laughs> is this like a hundred days of practice? Right, because that that takes years for some people. Some <laughs> people <laughs> don't understand. Is this the is this that one hundred and fourteen day embouchure reset I've heard about? <laughs> <laughs> is it like I'm all smoothies? <laughs> it's smoothies in the morning, right? Right, and, and then, then slurs in the afternoon. Snacks through the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, you snack, yeah. right? And There's then Sunday you get a, like a cheat day. Cheat day. That's yeah, when you, get you to want. use the tongue controlled embouchure on that day. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Anchor tonguing, pizza, all you want. Exactly. There are some things I do that are better than they've ever been before. It's a very strange thing. Um, there are things I can't play. Like I just don't know what's coming out sometimes. And sometimes notes just that just notes not coming out right now. Well, um, we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah, but the we'll commitment <laughs> you've shown through this has been really astounding. Oh, I mean, gosh, just man. going like Remarkable. I'm gonna fix this embouchure thing and then you're you're doing it. I'm like you know, he's not broken. You're like, yeah, but I want to take care of this. And then, well, now you are broken because you <laughs> smashed your, totally your, your face on the floor. Uh, <laughs> but then rebuilding from zero is really, it's, a, it's an amazing commitment that, you know, that I think most people might be too frustrated to really do right. And yeah. you're doing it right. Well, having COVID um, and no gigs to play, no playing responsibilities has allowed me to sort of embrace it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I'm looking forward to the next Trombo Mundi tour and not sucking. <laughs> nice. Again, we'll be yeah. the judge of that. We'll be, yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, that, and that goes right to my fifth one, which for me it is, is it's Trombo Mundi for me. And absolutely. Like I said, I went chronologically. Like, well, we started just the five of us at the time. Uh, like we decided, okay, we're going to carve out this week between uh, Christmas and New Year's. Nobody's busy. We're gonna, every, okay, everybody's going to take a couple of charts. We're going to do these things. Let's go see what happens. And I came home going, okay, that was, I'm not <laughs> sure what that was, but that was cool. Yeah. And what was turned into, you know, what it's grown into, like the six of us uh, has been, I mean, it's truly, you know, it, it can be really isolating to teach alone in a room. Even, in a, you know, like I've got John and Kevin here, so I've got other people to do what I do here. But still, it's alone in the room. But having this, the network of the six of us 
it's it's one of the greatest things that I've done. It's 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 amazing to know that I've I've got that in place. Even when we don't see each other for a long time, like we've been right now, mm-hmm. I know you're there, and you know that I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like we're still connected in that way, and uh, it's really been it's been astounding. Yeah, yeah. I I'm for me it was kind of tough because I didn't want to not mention you know my job here. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because I mean, what it's provided for me, the opportunities and all the amazing students over the years. But when it, we're talking about the trumpet stuff, Trombamundi has to be on the list. Like, yeah. And the travel, the camaraderie, um, the, just the ability now to take abuse at a level that, you know, <laughs> here to four was just unheard of. And dish it yeah. out. Come on. My yeah. first rehearsal was somebody launched something at someone else, and I must <laughs> oh have looked shocked. I must have just... Kind of just yes. paused for a second. And as Scott the object said, of, uh, as the one that, that was hurled at. Yes. yes. And, that and, was... I, and I went, uh, is that a thing? <laughs> Can we, is that fair game? That's where and, the bar and, is. And Scott said, uh, yeah, nothing in here is sacred. So <laughs> you know. Nothing's sacred and it's never too soon. <laughs> no, it's never too soon. But then for me too, I remember when I, uh, you know, submitted my uh, now famous application um, you Best know, letter I, ever written. I, I look back at that and go like, there was a, a question that I was asked about, you know, do you write, do you arrange? And I'm like, well, no, but <laughs> now I you, do. You've written more for the group than <laughs> I anyone. know. It's crazy. <laughs> I just kind of like, well, I, I'll just give it a shot. But I mean, I think that that's the mindset of this whole thing for me. You know, I, I feel like this is our network that we talked about, you know, last week. And I think why we're so encouraging about people building a network because, yeah, this, I, as I refer to it sometimes as the brain trust, you know. Yeah. I love when we argue about stuff and we, you know, especially when you, and, you, when you and Scott don't it's, it's awesome. agree. It's the, oh, it's the front uh, no, row this seats. Is the, it's the best thing ever. If you just surround yourself with people that agree with you, then nothing ever gets, nothing ever happens. Oh. Yeah. There's no uh, growth I, out of, I don't forget, yeah. It, it yeah. was N- NTC, <laughs> you guys arguing about a certain jazz player. And of course, it was all in great fun, but it was so intense. I think there's a, I don't, Brian, you're the one that I think took cell phone video in Minnesota. It was late in an evening and and, and Scott and I were yelling at each other. You're like, this is so great. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) But everybody's okay when it's over, you know, because it's just. Scott and I have been friends forever. We don't agree. That doesn't mean we don't like each other. Right. (laughs) This is an odd thing these days. Yeah. But yeah, no, the trauma movie thing is, it's got to be on the list, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's changed all of us. Yeah. You know, yes. Our families might not argue for the better, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> for it sure. definitely has. All right. Time for no offense. I think that whether you need to journal it, archive it, keep it on social media or just take some time to remember staying in touch with landmark events and remembering how they made you feel and building on their momentum is absolutely necessary taking the time yeah taking the time to look back over things and not only to just be grateful for them but to to allow them to continue to influence you i think it's huge if you're not doing that you're doing it wrong (laughs) yeah i mean there's a difference between you know the the person that is reliving their glory days because you know being quarterback of the high school football team was the best thing that ever happened to them right that's that's not okay. But right. the idea of looking back and saying, this is how I got here. 
and looking at the, the choices you made and the opportunities you had that got you to where you are. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How else do you continue to go forward without knowing how you got to where you are? Yeah. Well, I think it's great to have perspective on where you are and where you've come from. And and then just being really thankful for those people who helped you along the way, I think, is is critical to your understanding and happiness. You know, and it would be easy in a group, a group of trumpet players to just think that everyone else was wrong or to not pay attention to it. But man, we all right. <laughs> oh, no, if, we're all if, all over it. If you're open to it, like if you're open to listening to what it is, yeah. even if whether it's said in jest or it's, you know, which it usually is. Um, but, you know, you take that stuff to heart. You know, you, you listen to that stuff and it will change you and make you better if you can deal with that. Which is why we all have to thank J.C., frankly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He put it all together, didn't he? <laughs> he really did. He really did. Yeah. He He's really remarkable. did. He's not going anywhere. No. Well, listen, that should about do it for today. We've come to the end of yet another episode of The Open Bell. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned, tell your friends, and remain grateful for all those landmark events in your life. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell. <laughs>